The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. If you're like most Americans, your academic campaign from kindergarten through 12th grade included a few heavy doses of George Washington, but rather less of George Washington Carver. Critical race theory is a term that is heavily debated, but is almost always loosely defined. Even more problematic is that it is often erroneously used interchangeably with American history. As a result, existing curriculums that already left a lot to be desired by Black people have come under intense scrutiny. The lessons that once viewed the framework of our current society through a historical lens are now being written out of lesson plans across the country. Micro schools may well be the tool needed to ensure that our Black students are taught their history fully and unapologetically, where traditional schools may fall short. A passage from Forbes.com reads, quote, experts argue that micro schools address the individualized needs of students and foster an environment different from that found in a larger public or private school, end quote. This learning environment may allow Black students to better prepare to live Black lives and foster an appreciation of their relatively unique circumstances, opportunities, and challenges as they face the world. One such person championing microschools is today's guest, Janelle Wood. She is the founder and CEO of Black Mothers Forum, the recipient of the 2022 Golden Standard Award, and of course, a much celebrated pioneer of microschools. This is Our Daily Story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome, Janelle. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again. Let's start at the beginning. What is a micro school? A micro school is a school where you have no less than five children and no more than 10. And so it is considered a smaller learning community. And we created these micro schools in order to create safe and supportive and innovative learning environments uh, for our Black children, because we recognize that in the traditional setting, uh, they have not felt so safe, nor have they felt so supported. Data shows that many of our Black males um, are being pushed out. That means suspended and expelled um, at somewhere between six to eight times higher here in Arizona. So, um, and, our, and our Black daughters are also being pushed out at about six times the rate of their white peers here in Arizona. So we're recognizing there's a problem. And while they may have access to a quality education, they don't have the benefit of that quality education because they're not there. They're being pushed out. And so uh, we decided that it was time for us to take responsibility. You know that we have been fighting this fight for the past several years to have the schools treat our children a certain way. Sure. And to listen to us, they say they did. They put in equity and inclusion, resolution policies, all these different things. And yet our children are still being pushed out at a higher rate than anyone else. So obviously um, most of our educators that are in these positions to do something about it don't know what to do about it or how to go about creating the safe and supportive learning environment. So we said as black mothers, then I guess it's our responsibility 
to make sure our children have what they stand in need of so that they can achieve what they've been purposed here to achieve. And so, you know, one of the things that we are we are focused on while we wanted to dismantle the scooter prison pipeline, that's looking back. That's something that's already in place. We're looking to the future. And so our focus is through the micro schools is to create a school to purpose pipeline. And that's what we are focused on. Okay. Now you mentioned black mothers and you may have covered it a bit, but I, I still think this is kind of important to flesh out fully. Discuss your work with Black Mothers Forum and how it led you to create your micro school. So Black Mothers Forum, yeah, the micro schools. Mm -hmm. So um, Black Mothers Forum came into existence August 7th, 2016. And this was as uh, uh, in response to, at that time, the national attention on the uh, shootings and killings by police officers of our unarmed Black sons and daughters. And so uh, I was sitting around one day and I said, well, wait a minute, I'm looking at the news and I keep seeing all of our mothers, black mothers in anguish, um, not being able to find their words to accurately um, depict the pain that they were feeling by their child being laid out on the street like an animal uh, and treated like they were an animal. And so um, we decided to come together so that we could help develop the collective voice of the Black mother to accurately articulate our pain, our concerns, our worries, and our fears of how our children are being demonized and criminalized just based on regular behavior we find to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so um, we we decided that that's what we're going to do. We're going to get educated. We're going to get organized so that we could take a course of action. And that's what we did. We got educated on what was going on and we determined that this thing called the school to prison pipeline, which was starting as early as uh, three years old uh, for our children in preschool, they were being funneled through a system that continued to demonize, threaten and criminalize their behavior, which was normal childhood behavior. But in the eyes of the traditional school setting, it was considered um, misbehavior and called infractions. And those infractions started to be referrals and those referrals turned into suspensions and those suspensions turned into expulsions. And that's when we said enough is a whole enough. Mm -hmm. We recognize what's going on and we're going to have to take control. We are the first teachers that many of our children see. And I don't know where we decided. Someone told us that we no longer could teach our children after a certain age. And that's not true. So we brought mothers together that are educators also mothers, we have grandmothers and we have great grandmothers mm -hmm. that are in our space. And we have generational wealth of wisdom amongst all of us. And we collectively come together to make sure our children have what they stand in need of social, emotionally, academically, physically, and mentally, and financially. We're teaching them financial literacy as well. I, I love that. I love that. Well done. Well, so um, let's talk about the curriculum. Discuss the curriculum that you teach at your schools and why you believe that it's important. So our curriculum is, like I said, it is it is a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. uh, we start each day with something called a community circle. What that means is that this checks in with our children about what they are feeling today how they're doing, how did they start their day? We wanna make sure they recognize that we recognize that they're human beings and that every human being has a moment where they're not feeling so well. 
and they may not be prepared to get started in learning. So we do this thing called community circles. They can last anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. It really depends on how our young people are doing that day. Once we get through finding out and checking in how they're doing, then we allow them to set their goals for the day. Now, let me back up. When they start in micro school, uh, one of the main things that we do is we work with the parents. And so if we're working with two parents or a single parent, that's the first thing. It's a guide parent student meeting. Mm -hmm. And our younger students, of course, will need more parent interaction as far as where the parent wants that child to be by a certain point in the semester or in the school year. Sure. Our older students get a chance to speak to that. And so what we do is we make sure in community circle time, they get to set their goals for the day to reach their ultimate goal. So this is self-managed education. We have to teach them how to be adults. We as adults have to learn how to manage our time, manage our day, and get to our goals, which is something traditional setting doesn't do. Traditional setting says, this is what you're going to do today, mm. whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> well, when you don't feel like doing something, you know, and I know, we as adults, we don't do it so well. As a matter of fact, we procrastinate when we don't really feel like doing it. So isn't that the same with our children? Sure. They're just many versions of ourselves. So we give them an opportunity to choose what they're going to focus on today. Are you going to focus on your reading today? What, what are we going to focus on? And they tell us, I really want to focus on my reading today. I really want to focus on my English today. I really want to focus on my science first. They'll get to their other subjects, but what is it that we're going to do first? They do that. They spend about, it's called conquer time. They do about an hour of conquer time, the older students, the younger ones do is 15 minute increments, no more than 20 to 30 minutes. Then they have to take a break. We got to do talk time. Uh, we call that collaborate time where they get a chance to share what they're learning. So we can hear that they're learning. They're excited about what they're learning. And it could be anywhere from black literature to black history to American history, which is black history. Um, they see a reflection of themselves all day long. We make sure the children get a chance to decorate their micro school. So they're very much a part of setting their atmosphere. Their atmosphere is a flexible environment so they can sit and learn. The curriculum we use is called iReady. iReady is a great tool uh, for math. It helps walk them through it. It's a neutral type based uh, approach where they're not seeing any human figures or more objects that they're seeing, right? Okay. Then when we do um, reading time, our learning guides read from Black literature. The mm. children get a chance to see a reflection of themselves through mm. literature. These literary works that the learning guides pick out, those works do line up with state standards and common core. So the children are still learning the words they need to learn. They're learning the sentence structure they need to learn through these books. Mm -hmm. And we pick, you know, they go through the books and they pick out the words that the child is working on so the child can hear how that word is placed in a sentence, how it fits in a story, because we teach our children how to tell their story. That's why community time is so important, because it allows them to start to learn to tell their story. And it gives them the ability to start to speak and articulate uh, what it is they need. So we're doing a whole lot in that. Then we do financial literacy. The students have a store. There's Some of them have stores in their micro schools and they get a chance to earn some of their dollars and then their mm. dollars they can spend or they can save up for that big thing that they want at the store. And that's how we do it. And they put their money in a piggy bank. 
Uh, we have people donate piggy banks to our young people. So they have to save their money in order to get what it is they want. So we're teaching them budgeting and, and things like that. Um, Very good. Yeah, so that's what we do. And then they see a reflection of themselves all day in the learning guides. The learning guides look like the students. We have black and brown mamas. People just think we're just working with the black children. We just have a system that's designed to keep them safe and supported. But all children can come to our micro schools. And we've been asked by other parents to have their children come because if they're not going to get equity and inclusion in their schools, if they're not going to get black history in their schools, they said, we want our children to be well-rounded and they're bringing them our way. I love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. I love it. Here with us to discuss the benefits of micro schools for black students is the founder and CEO of Black Mothers Forum, Janelle Wood. Uh, so answer me this. What influence do you believe this type of education will have on black students long term? Uh, it will give them a strong sense of themselves mm -hmm. they all, because we recognize and I recognize that if I don't know who I am historically, <clears throat> if I don't know whose shoulders I'm standing on historically, mm -hmm then I don't have strength to move forward in my future because I will allow any and everything to distract me and I won't know how I'm supposed to fully come into a space. My voice is important. And so these schools, these schools allow our children to develop a voice and know that they are worthy of achieving academic success. Now, what does that look like? It's going to look different from each student. Every student, and this is why we call it school to purpose. Every student is not meant to go to college. Okay. Every student is not meant to go to vocational school. Every student is not meant to be an entrepreneur, but we're going to give them the options. They're going to see them all throughout their time in our learn in our micro schools, which go right now to K through eighth grade. We are looking at a high school model. Because high school parents are coming our way saying, hey, my child is behind. COVID not only exposed what was going on in the traditional setting to many parents, they didn't realize their children didn't know what they thought they, their children knew. They thought their children knew something until they started to see what was going on virtually. Then they recognized how far behind their children were. And so our children were made to believe that they could not be successful academically until we brought them into the micro schools. We've only been, a, we're a little over a year old. 
we have seen significant strides in our children. Children who came in in sixth grade, I have a young man who came in in sixth grade. He was reading and comprehending at a kindergarten level. Now, interesting enough, it was funny. He got his report card as he started micro school from his old traditional school, got his report card. Report card said he was getting B's. Wow. Report card said he was getting A's and stuff. And we're like, okay. Now we, me and you both know that if you don't, if you can't read and above all, if you can't comprehend what you're reading, how in the world can you do math? How can you break down a, po- a, a story problem? How can you break down science problems? How can you analyze anything if you don't understand what you, what's, what's being instructed of you to do? So we recognize when we benchmarked our children, we're like, oh, my gosh, he can read words. His mother said, well, he reads these words. I said, he reads the words. Did you ever ask him, did he understand yeah. the words? Very and that's good. what we've been working on for a whole year. Now I'm proud to say that sixth grader, he moved up two grade levels within four months. And so we figured if we get him a year, he's going to move up some more. So he's starting to move up in his reading comprehension. I had a fifth grader who was comprehending at third grade. She is now a sixth grader comprehending at 10th grade. There you go. So she's moving at her pace. I love these is because our children can move at their pace. Yes, um, absolutely. And be creative. So. So, you know, you mentioned some of them, but I want to make sure that we really flesh them all the way out. You know, we're talking about an online environment. What are some of the benefits offered by the online environment when compared to perhaps the drawbacks, some of which you've mentioned as well, the drawbacks of the traditional school environment? So the online environment gives a child the time and the autonomy to move at their pace. Okay. And so uh, in the traditional setting, you have a you have a person standing in front of you, the mm-hmm. teacher stands in front of you and they dictate. They're telling you what to do. This is what you're going to learn, blah, 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 blah. And then they move on to the next thing. You may have a question. Depending on if the teacher likes you or not, you may or may not get that question answered. Mm. Right? Right. You may be moving at a slower pace than the rest of your class. And so you may have a whole lot of questions. And the teacher says, so-and-so, put your hand down. I'll talk to you later. Now, what does that do to you? That puts you further and further behind because now you're lost. Right. Now you are disengaged. The teacher just disenfranchised you. You are now behind. And what do most boys do, boys, when they get bored? They start finding something else to do. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I had a son. So I know they find something else to do to amuse themselves. So what this online version does is it allows a child to put on the headsets. They get to hear something, someone talk to them and they're walking them through it. And if they get stuck on it, they can go back and do it again. And it allows them to repeat it and repeat it. And what it does, I love this. um, I ready. It'll come back. If they missed it this time, it'll come back and explain it a different way. And it has different ways of explaining until the child gets it. And then we we move that child on. We're able to track that child's movement throughout the day on the online more so than we do with traditional because they can't track if the child is getting it during sure. the traditional on a daily basis. We can. And then what happens is, is that learning guy says, Ooh, so-and-so is stuck right here. We're going to need to, we're really going to need to pull them aside and really work with them and see what it is that they're not understanding, but we're not giving them the answer. 
One thing about a learning guide is that that's what they are. They guide the child to the answer, but they don't give it to them. This is a different way of teaching because the child has to grapple with the material. So it develops their critical thinking skills, right? right? It's just like giving a baby, you know, those little packets of mustard and ketchup. Sure. Um, it's like giving a baby a hot dog, like a two or three year old a hot dog. They see everybody has ketchup and mustard on their hot dog. And the baby's like, I want that. Because mm -hmm. they always want what you, what you have. Of course. I want that. You as a parent should, but most of us don't. Us mothers have this really bad. We will open the packet and put it on there. But what we do in learning guide with as learning guys, we say, here's the packet. Figure out how to get it open uh, so you can reach what you want to reach here. You want to put that on your hot dog so you can have a good you can have a good experience like I am. I'm having a great experience with this hot dog. But you need to have the same experience. You figure out how to get that done. Sure, sure. And these children, I've watched children. I've watched little kids who have been given this this same type of practical approach to learning. I've watched them watch people. They couldn't get it open. They took their teeth, ketchup splurred all over them, but they figured out how to get it in. Then as they figured out how to get it open, they figured out, oh, wait a minute, I need to open this a different way so I don't have to splurt all over me because it's not getting on my hot dogs, getting all over me. Mm. And as they started to grapple, they figured it out. Oh, these little ridges. I tear here, a small one, and then I squirt it. Not as messy, I but but not as messy, but they did it for themselves. themselves. OK, understood. Um, so I, w I wanted to add this. I, I would imagine you mentioned earlier that it's between five and I believe it was 10 or 15 students in the classroom. I imagine a smaller class. Five, size to, 10. five, five to 10. Five to 10. Yeah. So a smaller class size probably gives a little bit more attention to the individual with his hand, his or her hand raised as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that mm -hmm. that makes a huge difference. Um, so what's next for your micro schools? Well, and, and how can people support? Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So what's next is we're growing. Okay. So, you know, we got funding to um, add more than, you know, up to 50 more and mm -hmm. in, in growing here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, our goal is to um, go across the nation. People have reached out to us across the nation. Mothers are reaching out. And so we've already uh, achieved. Um, we're now a recognized entity in Louisiana. We're applying to become a recognized entity in Nevada. Mm -hmm. We're going to be working with Illinois. We've had Georgia reach out to us. I met some folks in Indianapolis this week that wanted in Indianapolis. And so what we're doing is we're trying to create some webinars so I can teach people how to do them. Um, some mothers need support, Black mothers, so they want to join Black mothers in their states. They want to start the chapters. That's how we support one another. Okay. Our learning guides, there's two learning guides per micro school. What that means is that there's a guide per five students. That really deepens the nurturing that we do for our children. We also pay our learning guides, and this is what we also do. Our goal is to provide economic uh, empowerment and, and economic development. So um, our learning guides are paid uh, here in Arizona at $30 an hour. That provides income for the family that they didn't have. Many of our Black mothers who are educators weren't making $30 an hour in traditional setting. Wow. So they're happy to make $30 an hour, be in a smaller setting, so now they can deepen their work 
as an educator. They have now only 30 hours a week that they have to work. They don't, they get that extra 10 hours to spend with their family and have work-life balance. They also are getting benefits. Those are coming on board here shortly. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great way for us to start to help the black family and our families of color start to have work-life balance. And now mom or dad or both are in this environment with their children and they're walking them through the process of the of learning. So that's our future. We're growing across the nation. Our goal is to have 50 set up in Arizona and then we'll start to um, populate uh, throughout the nation because the demand is there. Parents, the other thing we do is we work with our parents. We're doing parenting skills training we had our learning guys go through parenting skills training to help our young parents who've never had a kindergartner. They've never raised a first grader. And so they need help. And so many of our parents don't know how to be a first grade mommy or daddy. So we have, I've done this, been there, done that. So not only do I give my wisdom, but there are other techniques and tools that we have learned that even benefit our children more because what worked for me as a child or what worked for my son as a child, it's not working for this new group. Right. There's a whole different level of, of information that these children have access to. They're exposed a whole lot more than we were ever exposed to. And so there's a different way that we have to um, help um, connect with them and redirect. That's our discipline policy. Okay. We do not suspend. We connect with our children. The traditional setting does not connect. They correct. They discipline them. But we connect with them and figure out what's going on. And we allow the child to move in the process of redirecting. So we say, so why are we here? What are we doing? How come this? How come that? So what are you supposed to be doing? The child knows what they're supposed to be doing. Sure. Like, well, I'm supposed to be doing this. I said, so why aren't you doing that right now? Well, I'm tired. Or I have a lot of energy, Miss Janelle. I need to run it off. So you have some energy? I just really need to get up and run. I had a student do that. I said, okay, well, let's go outside and let you run it off. So he ran, he went outside. Other kids were doing their work. He had to come out the headsets. He did laps. And I and I let him do laps for a while. And I said, and he stopped and I said, Are you done? He said, No, I still got a little bit more in me. I said, Okay, keep running. So he ran. <laughs> then he finally came back. He said, I think I'm ready to sit down. I said, and do what? do my work. And he sat down and did his work. I love it. I love it. Now, you mentioned that uh, there are folks who have expressed interest about kind of replicating or, or you know, mm -hmm. plugging in with Black Mothers Forum or with the micro schools around the country. If there's someone listening today who wants to do the same, how can they get in contact with you? So they can go to our website. Our website has all the information at www.blackmothersforums.com. Or they can reach out to me via email at info at blackmothersforums.com. Uh, they can also call our phone number at 602-638-1908. Um, they, they can see us on Facebook as well. Okay. Well, I want to say that I had the opportunity to participate in, in our uh, Super Saturday School. We did Super, Super Saturday, Saturday School, school yes. Mm -hmm. And I was able to talk to your students and it was an honor. And it was a wonderful experience. And I don't consider myself to be an educator. I'm a broadcaster, but you know, you educated the, them. Uh, now I am a bona fide, uh, and I work with the best. And um, just kudos to you. You're an inspiring person. Thank you for 
thinking of me and and hopefully um, the people listening to this today will be inspired to uh, support in any way that they can. So once again, I'd like to thank you uh, for your insight. Uh, our guest today is Janelle Wood, founder and CEO of Black Mothers Forum and naturally celebrated pioneer of micro schools. And before I go, I'll leave you with this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Without the past, there is no future. To know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. These are just a few sayings that as a society, we have held to be true. We tell ourselves these things because they are profound, but more importantly, because they are true. We've seen what happens when other people tell our stories. Oftentimes our roles get diminished or we're written out altogether. The proper education of our black youth ensures a strong black future for our people. And the only way to ensure a proper education is to grab the pen and write our own narrative. And while we're at it, we can make sure that George Washington Carver gets a few more pages. He more than deserves it. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.